Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBL picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Special hello, welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. We have got a great podcast for you. It's Brian Bevan. He is someone that has been doing a good job, much like myself, of giving out some free plays in the KBO. He is a adopted KBO better, much like myself. He used to be doing a little bit of MLB betting, and now that the MLB is currently on hiatus, he has become a KBO handicapper, much like myself. So we're going to be talking to him in the second segment. And if you don't recognize the name, it's at BrianBevo10 on Twitter. I think more of you guys know him from his Twitter handle. So we're going to have a talk with him about just what he's noticed with regards to KBO. We're going to be breaking down Tuesday morning's action and just what he's noticed with regards to the American-born players and their impact on these KBO rosters. So that's going to be a lot of fun in the final segment. Going to give you a side in total on every game on today's Las Vegas betting board for the KBO and a little something I like to call touch them all. I always love being able to answer your Twitter questions as well. At GUnit underscore 81 is where you're able to fire them in. I'm not going to play the sounder today because I did get a lot of the same questions from a lot of you guys. You guys are going to notice that today there is no recap of yesterday's action because, well, it seems as though Monday is pretty much the permanent 
travel day for the KBO. There might be a couple rainouts that are going to be made up on Mondays. You might have a couple double headers because we did see a couple games get rained out in the KBL last week, so it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle that, but Monday is typically their travel day, and what's interesting about the KBO and the reason why they were able to get off the ground much earlier than the MLB is that all of these teams in the KBO, they're within 250 miles of each other, which means that they're able to travel by bullet, train, and bus. They don't have to go on airplanes. They don't have to deal with so many logistical issues, which is a big reason why we currently have the KBO in our lives and not the MLB. And we've been talking a lot about the MLB's efforts to come back, as you heard in the intro. We're keeping track of a little bit of everything as this has went from being an MLB podcast to being a worldwide baseball podcast, which I never thought we would be in the circumstance but then again, 65 days ago, I didn't think that the NCAA tournament was going to be getting canceled either, but here we are. But with that said, getting to the questions that you guys fired in, I know that a lot of you guys are in states that are not Las Vegas, obviously with Las Vegas. You've got quite a few KBO offerings. Caesars and Circa have been doing a very good job of being able to put out their line. Circa is, in my opinion, first to market. You've also got William Hill. You've also got Westgate, which at Westgate, it seems like they're offering some fair juice. It seems like MGM, Mirage, they're all getting into the game. But I know a lot of you guys have been asking if you're not in the state of Nevada which sports books you're able to go to now it seems like Circa has actually opened up in the state of Colorado I've never placed a bet in Colorado because for one it just became legalized a few weeks ago in that state and I've never been to Colorado personally so I cannot say that I know from experience but with that said I know that Circa has gone there and I think it might be interesting if we can get Robert Walker on this podcast in the next couple weeks as well. He works with US Bookmaking. I know that he does some stuff with New Mexico. He was talking to me a few months ago about possibly going into Colorado as well so I think that it might be worth getting him on the podcast but those might be a Applause for you if you're out of state. Obviously, you've got more of the northeastern part of the country books. I know a lot of people have had some less than favorable things to say about FanDuel, but with that said, FanDuel is certainly an option if you are not banned from them and everything like that. DraftKings, if you're looking to pay a little bit more in juice, you certainly have that. They certainly are not going to give you a minus 110 line, but with that said, it certainly is available if you want it. I know that there are a couple points bet lines that have been available. It seems to be a little bit hit or miss with them, but they've been offering it. And then you've obviously got your marquee offshore books like your bet online, bookmaker, buckeye, pinnacle. And pinnacle, I believe, is the only book that is right now offering pitcher dependent bets when it comes to the KBO with everything else. Unlike normal baseball, where you're able to go just bet on like the Houston Astros as long as Justin Verlander starts. With most of these books, you're just betting on that team. Whoever starts that pitcher, that's who you're getting. Very different from MLB betting, but it looks like Pinnacle is really the only book that is offering pitcher dependence. So those are a couple books that you can look to. And then the other question was just with regards to travel. And like I mentioned, it is going to be primarily on Mondays. We're going to see what happens with doubleheaders. So we might see a couple Monday games if we do get a bunch of rainouts towards the end of the year. Obviously, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that regard because their schedule, much like the MLB schedule, if it does come back, it's going to be a little bit herky-jerky. So I did want to hit on those. I appreciate you guys firing it in, and I always appreciate you guys interacting as well. Don't be afraid if you have a question. Just with how the KBO game compares to the MLB, I'm going to try to get on 
a couple beat writers from South Korea actually within the next couple weeks so that way both you guys and I can both get a little bit of a better grasp of the KBO as well I think that that would be something that's very beneficial so that is something that is in the hopper that is something that is in the works on this podcast so I do want to reveal that to you if you have just general betting questions like what books to go to and everything like that I just mentioned a couple of them and I'm able to give you so much more as well just fired in at GNRSquare81 love being able to answer your questions and I love breaking down games gosh darn it so we got to bring in our good buddy brian bevan who you can follow on twitter at brian bevo 10 we're going to be looking at tuesday morning's kbo slate what he's noticed from the first week of the kbo and so much more and that is on the other side right here on the baseball betting podcast with myself Craig Peterson. greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the overtime network hotline and we are back here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to be joined by our next guest. This is a man that, much like myself, he scours the world of Twitter, and he's giving out free plays. Much like myself, he was doing a lot of college basketball. Unfortunately, we don't have any MLB in our lives. We have no idea what we're going to be getting for the NCAA football, NFL, even college basketball, things like this. But we both know that we've got some KBO, and we've both been betting it. As we've got on Twitter at Brian Bevo10, our guest today, as it is Brian Bevan joining me. And Brian, great to have you on today. How are you? Doing well, man. Getting used to this new normal that we're all really just venturing into right now. Living in Arizona, luckily, uh, we actually had a couple things open up on Friday. Kind of going to be a little hesitant on hitting up the restaurants as I'm sure everyone's rushing to those but I was fortunate enough to finally get a haircut actually which it's really interesting how we took stuff like that for granted. It's good to see some sports starting to slowly but surely get back and uh, just kind of looking forward to getting back into it all but for now we have Korean baseball and it's been interesting to say the least. Oh absolutely and I'm right there with you. Nevada just opened up a couple restaurants at like half slash 25% capacity over the weekend. Hair salons are open. I have yet to get one because the wait on Great Clips is over 180 minutes at every single one of these places. So we are going to let the ones that really need it first before the schlubs like myself get one. But speaking of people that aren't schlubs, you've got a couple teams that have been doing a very good job in the KBO so far this year. Going into, I guess you could call it Tuesday morning. It's so really weird to say that, but... You have the Lote Giants who enter undefeated. They've been doing a great job, obviously. Action Dance Straley had a good start a few days ago, but they're going to be finding themselves a very big underdog against Dusan. We remember Lote was actually the worst team in the KBO during the 2019 season. They've obviously been able to turn around with Dixon Machado. What have you really made on this team? Because I think we would both agree this team is not going 144-0, but I certainly don't see how they were the worst team in the KBO last year. And I think that this is a team that has a lot of upside, especially with having Machado paired with former Seattle Mariners great Deho Lee. Yeah, Lote starting off 5-0 has been incredibly uh, impressive. Going off of my uh, KBO research when I was starting the year, it seemed like uh, Lote was the comparison to the Baltimore Orioles, somebody that just wasn't very good. But what's been really, really impressive with Lote is the fact that they started off on their bullpen so far through five games has a 3.13 ERA. To have a staff ERA that low, it's going to lead to some success. However, like I always look for with football and what I look for with basketball, I look for some regression points. And just based off of how Lote was just so unbelievably terrible last year, and just a 
the chance that they could start off 6-0. and It makes me think that going forward, there may be some opportunities to fade them. Not to skip ahead, but I think I see an opportunity there tonight. I'm right there with you. I'm going to be taking Dusan. Only question is, money line or run line, in my opinion, as I see it right now, Dusan. Laying right around minus 175-ish at a lot of these books. You might be able to find a 170. You might have more around minus 180 slash minus 185, but clearly the favorite, as we do have Brian Bevan joining me right here on the podcast. And... I know that you're a guy that you do, like I said, some college basketball, you do some MLB betting. How has this been as compared to some of the other betting? Because I know that me personally, the big difference between betting the KBO versus betting the MLB is that you really can't bet pitcher dependent. Apparently at Pinnacle, you're able to bet pitcher dependent, but at pretty much all these books, whether you look offshore, whether you look Vegas, you're just betting on the team, which makes doing your research on these starting pitchers all the more important because if one of these guys gets scratched, it's not like your bet is voided out. You still have action. Yeah, it's been really, really interesting to see exactly how unreliable at times who the starting pitcher is going to be. There's times where in the MLB, you know sometimes, you know, barring injury or barring rain out, a week ahead of time, who's going to be pitching on what day. And that really hasn't been the case here. And that always leaves me um, a bit hesitant to do so. If this were the MLB, I'd be 100% be betting that guy has to be starting who they have listed. Hoping going forward that we're going to be more reliable um, in terms of seeing who's going to start when that can kind of uh, map out for us where we're going to be placing bets. And another thing that's been interesting to me is seeing the impact that the international players have been making. Now, the novice better that I was starting off with this, and let's be frank, that I still am a novice better at this, I'd be thinking that, you know, the international players are going to just come in and dominate this league. Those who have the better international players are going to be better overall. And after our first week of uh, full play uh, running through, it's been pretty interesting to see how really good overall the um, international players have been. Looking through the ERA, you have Drew Ruchinski, former, I believe, St. Louis Cardinal, if I'm not mistaken. Ricardo Pinto, Dan Straley, Despagne, Aaron Brooks, all in the top 11 in ERA. And you flip that over to the hitting side of things. Jose Miguel Fernandez, uh, former brave Preston Tucker, Mel Rojas, all in the top three in batting. Roberto Ramos, Dixon Machado. We've seen also some glimpses from Tyler Saladino, former two Grand Slam in two-day great for the Brewers. Aaron Altair, as a Phillies fan, the most frustrating player. And for any Mets fans listening, I'm sure they can agree with me. Perhaps the most frustrating player ever. Uh, But they have all shown some glimpses, but... The international players have definitely been making their impact, and that's a trend um, I'm going to keep an eye on going forward, how these international pitchers continue to do, because if this trend continues, that might be something that we can kind of bet going forward. Now on this podcast, if you've ever listened to it, you know that Aaron Altair is known as Aaron Alterable. He is the guy that gets it because we need some nicknames because we used to have the bad closers. Sergio Romo became Submergio Romo. Fernando Rodney, we all know about him. He's Fernando. Oh, no, Rodney. So we have Aaron Altair. He's Aaron Alterable. As we do have Brian Bevan joining me right here on the podcast. And I know that a lot of people, they're adapting a team. You've adapted what seems like the most I guess you could call it mainstream team, the NC Dinos. Everyone's getting behind this team because of the mascot. I think what's very underrated is a couple days ago, they had the three dinosaurs, and then they had just some random yellow fish rubbing its belly. I thought that that was absolutely hilarious. But with that said, they are going to be taking on the KT Wiz, who is a team I've gotten behind because if you've ever seen their mascot, it's just a big, giant, smiling blob. So on this podcast, they are referred to as the smiling blobs, but... 
Dinos are a minus 135 favorite in this one. I do fear that the numbers might be getting a little bit out of whack with the Dinos, no doubt. I think that they're going to be a good team this year, but I think that if there is going to be a public team in the KBO, it is going to be the NC Dinos. I do feel like they are going to be getting bet up time and time again whenever they take the field, and we've already seen it in this game. What's funny about the uh, NC Dinos uh, becoming that public team is that they were a part of the first game that was broadcasted by ESPN. So they were kind of the team that people just kind of uh, hopped on. I have a couple friends who they consider themselves uh, the Dino fans now. I myself am a Dino fan. Was very unfortunate to see uh, completely blow the game the other night, up six to nothing in the first inning, only to lose. Uh, but looking at the game tonight, uh, back to our point of foreign players, we have a pitching matchup of two former MLB players in Espanye and Ruchinski. Uh, to me, just based off of how international players have been going, I kind of look towards the under here. The international pitchers so far have have performed very, very well, um, especially from a starter standpoint. And Ruchinski in that first game was extremely good. Despagne, not quite as good, but respectable. So just looking at this game, just seeing, I believe the money line is Dino's while minus 135. I believe that's down a little bit from a bit of money coming in on the wins. I'm looking at the under here off the designated off days for the KBO, which for them is Mondays in almost every case. I definitely see a spot where, you know, after this first week, people kind of come back to earth a little bit. I see under 8.5 being my favorite play of this game. Probably going to stay away from the money line and run line here. Just like you said, I think the Dinos are playing a little bit over their heads right now just based off of last year's results and the way they've been hitting the ball this year. So I think there's a chance they could regress a little bit. I always have a personal rule. Uh, I never really like to bet games, um, in, especially for or against my favorite teams, which I wouldn't be as hesitant to do in the KBO, obviously just being this little void. I just don't see a major edge on either side for the actual results of the game. So I'm looking at under 8.5 as probably one of my plays tonight. Yeah, I'm going to be looking at the under in this one as well. And as a matter of fact, in the KBO for Tuesday morning, I'm looking at a whole bunch of unders because what we know in the KBO is that during the 2019 season, the average runs per game was right around 4.5 to 4.6. I think it was approximately 4.55 here in the first week of the KBO for 2020. Scoring has been up significantly. I think that a lot of that is because Lote has scored seven plus runs in all but one of their games. Hanwaz struggled a little bit with the defense, but We've just been seeing it time and time again. The bullpens have been getting gas canned, but I think that this is a good spot for unders because, for one, you now have an off day, which means that those bullpens get a day to reload. And in the case of a lot of these teams over the weekend, they had a rain out as well. So these bullpens are about as fresh as you're going to find them during the regular season. And then we mentioned all the American-born pitchers that we're going to be having going. And if they're not American-born, they've had some time in the MLB, like our good friend, and I'm going to use the Spanish accent here, Orisima de España, so... You've got a whole lot of that going on. And I do think that this is going to be a good day in order to take unders because we saw a bit of an overfest in the first week of KBO. There is a ton of pitchers going tonight that have some MLB experience. Uh, former Philly, Ben Lively, former Pirate, Nick Kingham is going tonight. We have uh, Raul Alcantara going tonight. Aaron Brooks is going tonight. So we have a lot of players uh, that are not native to Korea, that uh, that have some MLB experience, that are getting a call tonight. And I typically am liking unders going forward in this league too for a couple of reasons. One thing that I've noticed in watching these games, the defense is very good, especially like from the infielders. It, it is extremely good. Not a lot of errors being made. And another thing, the KBO has uh, unjuiced their balls, unlike what the MLB 
has been doing where we're seeing balls flying out at record paces. Uh, the KBO has reduced the juice in their ball. As you mentioned, based off of the averages last year and how the scoring has been uh, pretty ridiculous to start this year, uh, especially in the latter part of the week, I think that we're going to see um, a little bit of reduction in scoring. And I think the numbers are kind of high right now, reflecting off of what happened last week. And one other final point as to why I like unders a lot going forward in this league is that they do not hesitate to bring in bullpen guys for situational spots in the fifth or sixth inning, even when the starting pitcher only, you know, 70 pitches or so. You don't see too many pitchers going 90, 100 pitches in this league because it's just not how they roll. They will go to the bullpen and you'll see more bullpen games than you will in the MLB. So you'll find more situational spots and tougher spots for the hitters to actually get those hits and produce those runs. I agree with you as we do have Brian Bevan joining me right here on the podcast and you brought up one of the pitchers that I think has a chance to be sort of the Josh Lindblom of this year in the KBO and that would be Aaron Brooks. Aaron was actually halfway decent with the Oakland A's at the beginning of the 2019 season. The wheels sort of fell off for them and then he was with the Baltimore Orioles that actually as strange as it sounds won a couple games with the Baltimore Orioles that tells you that it was a Herculean feat, to say the least. He's going to be going for the Kia Tigers tonight. Tigers, obviously, are finding themselves a favorite. And they're going up against the Hanwha Eagles, who I feel like is the worst team offensively in the KBO. I think that this is a very good spot for the Kia Tigers. I actually wound up taking them on the run line. I don't know your thoughts on this game, but I think that Aaron Brooks is setting himself up for a lot of success, not just today, but it's setting himself up for a lot of success throughout the season. Yeah, the Kia Tigers are what's known as the New York Yankees of the KBO, which obviously I did not know until a couple weeks ago. Uh, although last year they struggled and actually missed the playoffs. And for anyone that's a fan of the New York Yankees, uh, missing the playoffs is pretty much unheard of. And uh, it seems like that Rome is burning when that does happen. So the Kia Tigers are definitely going to be looking to rebound this season. I see them at minus 170, which is pretty interesting. Thing. That's a pretty high favorite for somebody that uh, didn't start off so hot. But as you mentioned, Eagles not good offensively whatsoever. And with having Aaron Brooks on the mound facing a team that is not very good offensively, that's a pretty much an accurate line. I see the run line uh, plus 110. I think if there was going to be uh, a dog play tonight, that might be the one to go for. I do like Key to come out strong. I don't expect the Eagles to uh, completely tee off on Aaron Brooks. And as you mentioned, I think Aaron Brooks really does have that star potential for the KBO. Uh, in international player form this year. I am right there with you. And Brian, is there anything else that you're looking for in the KBO just this season in general that you think is of interest? Because like I said, I mentioned it a few minutes ago with regards to the totals. These teams scored right around 4.5 to 4.6 runs per game. So I think that we're going to see a lot of nine totals, which I think is going to be some pretty accurate numbers. I think that the unders are going to be a little bit hotter tonight. So I think that that's going to be a little bit of a yo-yo effect. Anything else that you're really looking for in general, just in regards to spots? With the bullpen being so significant in this league, uh, one thing I definitely want to keep track of going forward, and it's easy to say that, you know, the better bullpens are going to pan out better, but I think it's really magnified in this league. Having a stronger bullpen is going to lead to having a much stronger uh, record going forward. So that's something that I'm really going to be paying attention upon. I want to see this international player trend continues because right now they are definitely the better players in the league, uh, which isn't totally shocking considering the strong majority of them have some sort of MLB experience. So I kind of want to see if 
that trend uh, continues as well. And for those that have never seen uh, the KBO, kind of off the topic of the uh, lines here, hopefully we do we can get some fans in the stadium for this because I went back and watched some KBO from last year, and it's a rock concert, uh, insane to watch uh, with the cheerleaders in the stands, the mascots going crazy. Uh, it is a large drinking event uh, from everything that I read about and everything that I seen. So hopefully the American fans um, and with the contract that they have with ESPN, they're still showing games even when MLB returns. Hopefully we get to experience what a KBO game is actually like through the TV because by all accounts, it seems like it's a pretty good time. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I've been watching some of these old games from the KBO from a few years ago, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. I've heard nothing but good things about the crowd, and I've heard nothing but good things about you, Brian. So I'd like to close it up with this. Let the good people at home know where they can find you on social media, which is where you post up all your free plays and just what you're working on in general. Yeah, so if you're on Twitter, my handle is at BrianBevo10. Just because the name Bevo in there does not make me a Texas fan. That is just a nickname I've had since I was about three years old. So I've had a lot of people actually messing me like, oh, like, are you a big fan of the horns and I'm like uh, I'm not actually it's just a nickname so if you want to follow me on there I post a strong majority about sports uh, definitely like to post a lot about music for those that don't know anything about me uh, I actually am a high school teacher so I definitely like to post things that I'm doing uh, with my students really just sharing like for the most part about my life. Um, unlike a lot of people you'll see on Twitter, I definitely have much more content outside of sports betting where you have a lot of accounts that are strictly sports betting, strictly plays, and nothing more. I definitely am more uh, personable, more so like yourself, definitely sharing more so like about the things you do outside of sports betting. And I think that as we go forward in this industry, I would like to see a lot more of that from people, showing their face if possible, just showing more about themselves and know that there is more to life than just sports betting. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of pictures of me drinking Miller Lite, Bud Light Platinum, so we always have to get the brews out, and we certainly are going to be at like 2 a.m. today for the KBO, and I know that Brian is going to be doing the same, so a big thanks, a big thanks to Brian Bevan for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast, and coming up next, it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a side in total on all five games for the KBO on Tuesday morning as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Brian Bevan for joining me in the last segment. And now it is that time of the podcast in which I give you a side in total on every game on today's Las Vegas betting board as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GUnit underscore 81. These are games that are for Tuesday morning at 2.30 a.m. Pacific, 5.30 a.m. Eastern, so just want to make that distinction. I am probably going to be getting confused by this for probably the next eternity because I always think when something's at like 1 a.m. that it should be the previous day when in reality it's Tuesday, so we're going to have a little bit of that going on. You're going to experience a lot of confusion. I apologize. That's just the way that I am built. But with that said, I am also built to give you a little bit of a breakdown on all these games that we're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. And this starts with 304-621, 304-622. The LG Twins are going to be playing host to the SKY Verns. The Y Verns find themselves about a minus 120 favorite. I'm seeing a little bit of minus 110 both ways. LG started out as uh, about a plus 110 to plus 115 underdog in a lot of spots. It's really 
really coming in on them right now, as you're seeing in a lot of offshore places. It is minus 110 both ways. And your total on this game, it is 8, and I'm seeing a couple 8 nats out there as well. With the 8s, you're seeing an over with juice of minus 120, and the under is even. On the 8.5, the over is minus 105, and the under is minus 115. And this is a spot in which I am going to be taking a look at the LG Twins, because the big thing with this is the pitching matchup. You're going to have Nick Kingham, the former Pittsburgh Pirates, well, not so great going for the SK Wyverns. Meanwhile, Chao Wu Chan is going to be going for the LG Twins, and Chao Wu Chan is someone that's actually been, I don't want to call him great in the KBO, but at the same time, he's been adequate. ERA below a 4-8 in four out of his last five years. This is not a guy that's going to light the world on fire, but at least 10 wins at each out of the last five years. He's been doing a solid job as an innings eater, at least 152 innings in all of those seasons as well. So he's going to go the distance for you. And what I really like is the recent form that he's been in. Ever since August of 2019, 228 ERA, he seems to be doing his best work. And he's given up only two home runs in his last 10 starts. So he does a great job of keeping the ball in the yard. And for SK, this is a bunch that they've had a little bit of a tough time putting up runs on the board. This is a bunch that they were able to get eight runs up on the Lotte Giants, but past that, this is a team that really hasn't broken five runs in any of their games so far this year, and what is going to be a big key for SK is being able to get their American-born player, Jamie Romick, going. This is someone that batted 276 with SK last season. He was able to give the team a little bit of pop with 29 home runs. That was towards the top of the KBO. No home runs so far this year. He has been in a little bit of a power outage. He's been striking out quite a bit so far this year, so obviously that has hurt them a little bit. And then when you take a look at sort of the leadoff spots, the number two guys like Ko Jung Wook, they have gotten off to very bad starts. This is someone that's bang 222, just not drawing any walks whatsoever. And with SK, last year they were one of the top bullpens out there in the KBO. This year it just hasn't necessarily been the same for them. I do find that to be very fascinating. Park Min Ho still comes out of the bullpen. He does a very good job last year. I had a 268 ERA, but which real Min Ho are we going to get? Because he had a 268 ERA last year in every year previous in the KBO at an ERA north of a 425, including in 2018. Small sample size, but an ERA north of 15. That is what we call not good. And then the LG Twins, they had that massive comeback against the NC Dinos. They get down by a count of six to nothing. And the reason why they were able to mount that comeback bullpen. Seven innings, they give up one run. Casey Kelly, the American-born pitcher, he was unable to do anything. The NC Dinos were just hitting it in the right spots, but they were able to really weather the storm. And for LG, this is a balanced lineup. You're not really going to have that one guy that's going to go out there and he's going to get you like 40-plus home runs or anything like that, but you've got Kim Hoon So. He was someone that played for, I believe, the Phillies and the Orioles during like the mid-2010s. He's been doing a great job for this team so far this year. In his years in the KB He's hit at least a 290 in every year since 2008. So he certainly is a stalwart with that regard. And then who else I like? Roberto Ramos, someone who spent some time in the Colorado Rockies organization. This guy's been supplying some boom. Two home runs already so far this year. I just like LG in general. I do think that Kingham is going to give a decent start in this one. So for that reason, I'm going to be taking a look at the under. I'd rather lay the minus 115 with under 8.5 rather than the 8. So that way you have a little bit of protection. But with with that said, certainly on the under, and I wound up taking the LG Twins at a plus price. Still advise them as a play at even money or even minus 110. I think that they should be able to get the job done here. We move on to our next game. 304-623, 304-624. The Lotte Giants are going to be playing us to the 
Tucson Bears. The Bears are finding themselves a pretty big favorite. It's going to vary a little bit from book to book, but as I'm seeing it right now, Tucson is anywhere between a minus 175 and minus 190 favorite. Meanwhile, with Lotte, you're primarily getting between plus 145 and plus 155. Might be a straggler plus 160 out there as well, and your total on this game is 10. The over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even a minus 105, and this opened up at circa at 10.5. I wound up taking it under. I would still certainly have a play at 10 as well. When you take a look at Lotte, they are going to be bringing out one of their non-American board pitchers, which is a little bit contrary to what we're going to be seeing on this, I guess you could call it Tuesday morning in the KBO as it is Jongwoon Sam that is going to be going for Lotte. Meanwhile, for the Doosan Bears, Raul Alcantara is going to be going for them. And with Mr. Alcantara, this is his second year in the KBO. He wound up not having the world's greatest start against LG to start out the year. He wound up going six innings, gave up three runs, including a dinger. This is someone that sometimes has a little bit of a tough time when it comes to giving up hard contact. Gave up 15 home runs in the KBO last season, but he does have a pretty solid fastball. I do think that he is going to be able to figure a little bit of something out in this one. And I think the big reason why is because Lotte is doing for a little bit of regression. They have scored at least seven runs in all but one of their games so far this year. In that other game, they wound up scoring four. That was a 4-0 win over the SKY Verns. But you take a look at this Lotte team. Dayo Lee, someone that we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, former Seattle Mariners great. He obviously is able to supply some boom, but this is pretty much a extra bases or bust sort of guy. This is not someone that is going to be belting out a whole bunch of singles. He has gotten up there a little bit in years, and he had only 16 home runs in the KBO last season, so I do think that age is starting to catch up with him a little bit. I think that we're going to see him regress towards the end of the year. Min Byung-hun is someone that I'm also going to be taking a look at. He's at least 300 in every year since the 2013 season in the KBO. Certainly a stalwart, but he's getting up there at 33 as well. He's someone that for a lot of his career has been able to rely a bit on his speed. That is starting to catch up with him a little bit as well. And then when you take a look at what you're able to get on the other side for Dusan, this team has really been all or nothing. You take a look at their first five games of the season. They have scored 2 5 9 3 and 12 runs. So you're either going to get great goose on or you're not going to get much at all. But I do think that we're going to see a little bit more of it evening out in this one. And the reasoning for that is because they've got perhaps the best constant in the KBO in Jose Miguel Fernandez. He wound up leading the KBO in regards to total hits last season with 197. Does a great job of getting on base. He's got some pop in the bat. 15 home runs last season, but that's not really his specialty. And then you just take a look at the middle of this lineup. It is a murderer's row. UJ Il is someone that's getting up there in years, but he certainly is able to supply some boom. 20 plus home runs in each of the team's last four years. I do like what he's able to bring. And what we notice in the KBO as well is that oftentimes, like the eight, nine hitters, they could sometimes be automatic outs with Dusan. You've got a bunch of guys in those eight, nine spots that they're able to do something. Someone like a Jung-Soo Bin, who's going to be at the bottom of the lineup in 2018 at a 367. Small sample size, but he followed that up in 2019 in our 23 games. He had an on-base percentage nearly at a 360. Hit 265. He was able to do a good job of being able to steal some bases. So I really do like the balance that Tucson is able to bring. I do think that north of 10 is too many runs here, so I am taking the under. But with that said, I do think that Tucson, the reigning champions of the KBO, are going to be able to get the job done. I think that a little bit of regression is going to be setting in for Lotte. So we're going to be taking Dusan on the money line. Do not want to take the run line because we saw what happened last time Dusan was playing in a game. They were up on the KT Wiz, aka the Smiling Blobs, by kind of 10 to 3. They wound up giving up that lead. I think that the bullpen is going to be better in this one, being as though they are rested. But with that said, don't want to take the risk. So we're 
We're going to take the money line with Tucson, and we're going to take this total under. We move on to 304-625, The aforementioned KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blob. They're going to be going on the road to face off against the NC Dinos. The NC Dinos are seeing a little bit of steam coming their way as they are between a minus 130 and minus 140 favorite. Our, our good friends, the Smiling Blobs, are anywhere between a plus 102 and plus 115 underdog. Your total on this game is 8.5. The juice on the over is anywhere between even and minus 120. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. And as we know, the NC Dinos has really become, I guess you could call it America's team. I actually think that they do some spring training out there in Arizona. I should have asked Brian about this, but I know that there have been a lot of people in that Tucson area that they have really been getting behind this team. And Aaron Altair, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, in my opinion, he is Mr. Aaron Alterable. You just don't know what you're going to get from him game to game for the NC Dinos. He was able to hit a home run earlier in the season, but I just don't have a lot of faith in him. He's hitting 250 right now with the NC Dinos. He certainly is going to be a solid player, but it seems like he's a guy that he's either going to give you three hits in a game or he's going to give you no hits. You just don't know what it's going to be. I will say this for the Dinos, top to bottom, they do not really have any automatic outs. Even someone like a Kim Juwan does a good job at the bottom of the lineup. He's at at least 250 in each of the last three years for this NC Dinos team, but I will say he has been banged up and sort of in and out of the KBO the last couple of years, so that is something that you do want to note. And with the Dinos, the bullpen certainly did let them down. I guess you could call it Sunday morning, but they do have one of the better bullpens that you're going to find out there in the KBO. So I am with Brian. I do think that the under is a very good play, but what I love about the KT Wiz, aka the Smiling Blobs, is that Urisima Espanye is going to be pitching. Yes, that is one of my favorite names. You get to use that thick Spanish accent with Mr. Despagne and he actually looked very good in his first start in the KBO. He went up against Lote who is right now the top offense out there in the KBO. He went six innings, gave up one run in that one. Bullpen just wound up gas canning the game from there. I do think that Despagne is going to be able to give six plus inning and the Drew Rosinski is someone that I think people are a little bit too high on in my opinion. He went 9-9 in the KBO last year. He had about a 3.05 ERA so he did a solid job there. He does sometimes give up a little bit too much hard contact. Looked very good in his first start against Samsung did not give up a single run in six innings, but Samsung, as we know, they're one of the lesser teams currently in the KBO. He's not as great of a swing and miss guy. Now, that is a little bit relative because the KBO, you do have fewer strikeouts in general, but I do think that our good buddies the Smiling Blobs, they are going to be able to get a little bit of something out of Mr. Mel Rojas. Mel Rojas has been able to do a very solid job in a couple years in the KBO. Hit 322 last year. He was able to go deep 24 times. He's already off to a good start this year with a 455 batting average. He is leading a lineup that I think has has quite a bit of danger in it, and with KT, what I think is going to be very fascinating is just what you're going to be able to get out of sort of those six, seven guys, like a Hong Jae Gyon. He wound up hitting 283 last year with KT, 296 a year before. This is someone that does a great job of getting on base, and 20 plus home runs in each of the team's last four years. He is getting up there in years, but he certainly has been able to supply some boom, so I do think that that is going to be worth watching, but then you take a look at NC. I do think that the bullpen's going to be a little bit better. KT really had to go into their bullpen in their series against the Tucson Bears. They wound up having to play an 11-ending game Sunday morning, so I think the day off really helped out both these teams. I do think that we're going to see both these starters go 6+. plus. I think that Rusinski is not going to be able to perform quite as well as Despagne, so for that reason, we are all aboard the plus price with the KT Wiz, which, as you know, on this podcast, they are the Smiling Blobs, and we are going to be taking this total under. And yes, I do like saying Smiling Blobs. 304-627, 304-628. The Kiwoom Heroes are going to be playing those to the Samsung Lions. The Lions are finding themselves a pretty significant underdog. As I'm seeing it at Circa right now, they are plus 150. If you're taking a look at... 
a place like a five dime to bet online. You're seeing them more around plus 170 with the heroes. They're anywhere between minus 170 and I'm seeing as high as minus 205. Your total on this game across the board is eight and a half. The over is just anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 105. And this is a spot where we're going to take our lone over of the day. I'm going to wind up taking this total over and it's because you're going to be taking a look at this pitching matchup. It looks like it has a little bit of sizzle, but I'm going to disagree a little bit as the Samsung Lions will be having Ben Lively going to the mound. Meanwhile, Eric Jokic is going to be going for the Kiwo Muros and with Jokic, 13-9 record in the KBO last season. This is his second year in the league and did a great job of just not giving up hard contact. Gave up less than a half a home run per nine innings. So, rock solid there over the course of his last 10 starts between this year and the end of last year. 3-11 ERA and he's only given up three home runs in that time span. So, I certainly do like that. He's not necessarily going to be the world's greatest swing and miss guy. He's seen his strikeout numbers dip a little bit, but last year in the KBO, he was getting about 7-7 seven seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. So, you do like to see that with Mr. Lively. He did pitch out in the KBO last year as well, but he was limited. He only saw nine starts. He was a little bit banged up. He went 4-4 four four with a 3.95 ERA, and he got a little bit touched up in the first start that he had of this season. He went up against the fearsome NC Dinos, went six innings, gave up four runs, all of which were earned, gave up two home runs, and as a matter of fact, has given up five home runs in his last four starts, which in the KBO is actually pretty significant because we were talking about the de-juicing of the ball. And then when you take a look at Ki Woom, this is a team that has been very, very good offensively. They've really been on their game at least five runs in all but one out of their six games. So you sort of know what you're going to get out of this team. You're probably going to get about five to six runs. I do think that Samsung is going to be able to get to Jokic for right around two or three runs. So I do think that they're going to be able to get at least nine. So for that reason, I'm going to be taking this total over. I will say this for Ki Woo. They probably have, in my opinion, the worst American-born player on their roster. Taylor Motter. I remember this guy from the 2016 Seattle Mariners. Not only is he bad, he is atrocious. Now, his fielding is actually really good. He is out there for his glove and his glove only. He's hitting a buck 50 right now for Key Boom. In like the AAA level a few years ago, he was hitting below the Mendoza line. I mean, if you're expecting anything out of the bat from him, well, good luck to you. But they also have another guy that spent a little bit of time in the MLB, the Key Boom Euro Zoo. And this guy supplies some power. That would be Park Byung-ho. He wound up leading the... KBO in regards to total home runs during the 2019 season with 33. As a matter of fact, has hit at least 31 home runs in every year that he's been in the KBO ever since 2012. He spent a little bit of time with the Minnesota Twins organization, so you do want to note that he did take a couple years off the KBO for that regard, but he certainly does a great job of being able to get on base. The Heroes 1-4, through four, in my opinion, he's one of the most formidable that you're going to find out there in the KBO. And then when you take a look at the flip side for the Samsung Lions, they have been a little bit of a hit-or-miss team. We saw it in their series against the Key Tigers. They were able to do a good job in the first two games of the series with a combined 19 runs, and then they had a power outage in the third game of that series, but what I do like for Samsung is the fact that you do have a couple guys who are able to set the table for Tyler Saladino. Now with Saladino, this is someone that is not hitting very well right now. Buck 50, but he did hit one of the most murderous home runs that you're going to find in the KBO. That thing was like just totally gonzo, and then what I think is going to be very big for Samsung is being able to get a little bit of pop out of the back out of Kim Dong Yup. He only had six home runs last year, but he was limited to 60 games due to injury. You could tell that he was not himself in his first three years in the KBO. He spent that time with SK. He had 22 plus home runs in his previous two years prior to being banged up last year. He's already got two home runs so far this year, so it looks like he is fully healthy from that injury, but with that said, with Samsung, I think that they've got one of the lesser bullpens that you're going to find out there in the KBO. I don't have a lot of faith and Ben Lively really getting past that fifth inning. So for that reason, I am going to take this total over. I do think that the heroes are going to get the job done. We are going to be laying 
playing the number here with the heroes, and we're going to be taking this total over, and we move on to our final game. This will be 304-629, 304-630. The Hanwha Eagles are going to be playing us to the Kia Tigers. Kia Tigers are finding themselves as a pretty significant favorite, and if you listen to my interview with Brian Bevan, you know just how much I love their starting pitcher and Aaron Brooks, so I think that that can explain why you're seeing Kia as anywhere between a minus 155 and minus 175 favorite. Meanwhile, with the Hanwha Eagles, you're able to find them as high as plus 155. I'm seeing a couple books if you've got bad juice as low as plus 130, but certainly a big underdog. Total on this game is 8.5. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and even, and the over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120, and this is a spot where I do think that we are going to see an under. With Aaron Brooks, he actually had a couple decent moments with the Oakland A's last year, and apparently he had some very good moments while he was with the New Orleans Saints a few years ago. He also played some NBA and played college basketball with the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, now we're just making Aaron Brooks jokes. But with that said, was formidable in the MLB last season. He's not necessarily a fireballer, but as we know in the KBO, a lot of the pitchers and a lot of the teams that do best are guys that do a good job of being able to locate, and that's exactly what Aaron Brooks is able to do. It's not easy to go 4-5 and five with the Baltimore Orioles in 2019. I mean, that Baltimore Orioles team was poopy, and yet he was only one game below 500. On any other team, he'd probably be like three games above 500. Now, I will say he did have an ERA above six, but he does a good job of not giving out a whole lot of free passes. He keeps a game out in front of him. He sometimes gives up a little bit of hard contact, but I mentioned this while we were with Brian. Hanwha is perhaps one of the worst offensive teams when it comes to the KBO. There's just not a whole lot of sizzle when it comes to this team. With the Hanwha Eagles, it seems like they get like a two-run shot every game, and typically it's in the first inning, and then from there it's a big drop-off. They've got one of the lesser American-born players, in my opinion, Jared Hoying. He wound up getting a home run in the team's last game against the Kiwoom Heroes, but as been very much hit or miss out there in the outfield. And then Lee Sung Yol is just highly inconsistent. He wound up having a big drop off with his production during 2019. Seems like he's over a hill. He's right around 35 going on 36 years old so far this year. He has been hitting about 261 for Anwa. His power numbers have been seeing a little bit of a dip in recent years. So I do think that that is something that you do want to note. And then when you take a look at the Kia Tigers, it certainly has not been a good start for them. They are managed by Matt Williams, who was just an all-time great when it comes to actually playing the game of baseball. When it comes to being a manager, it was not so great. Kia does not have the best infield fielding, but it actually looked much better in their last couple games against the Samsung Lions. That is very promising. And then you do have a guy that's able to supply some boom. Impressive Tucker hitting 476 so far this year. He has already gone deep three times. Had just nine home runs last year with Kia, so it does seem like he's really caught up to the KBO game. And what I think is also going to be big for Kia is just getting those four or five guys going, like a Jung Young Siok. He wound up only hitting 247 last year and 224 the year before, but this is someone that if he's able to get a hold of one, he does have great power. It seems like things are starting to come together for him a little bit more. He struggled at the beginning of the year, but I think that he's going to be able to find his watermark. He wound up drawing three walks in the team's last game against Samsung, so he's doing a great job of being able to get on base. I do think that this is a spot in which Hanwha is really going to struggle to get past two runs. So for that reason, we are actually going to be looking at a run line here with Kia. I found it as high as plus 115. I know a lot of books are offering between plus 105 and plus 110. If you're able to get any sort of plus juice, I'd be all boarded. So we're taking the run line here with Kia, and we're also going to be taking this total under. And now we'll wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this lovely Monday for the Tuesday morning games. It's still going to take me a while to get used to it, you guys. I'm going to keep telling you guys this. It's so weird, but 
With that said, great to be back in the saddle and great to have Brian Bevan on this podcast to talk a little KBO betting, a guy that gives out free picks like myself. So a big thanks to him. And if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you ever have a question for the podcast, write it into my timeline at Juniors41. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. And I will talk at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Oh,